and welcome to the MX Vice Great British Motocross Show with uh, myself, Ben Rumbo. We've sadly got uh, Brad Wheeler's quite off sick this week. Uh, he's got uh, uh, issues there with a very pregnant wife, so uh, that's uh, uh, something he has to deal with. So, yeah, just myself tonight, no super sub, uh, so it's just myself. And, of course, our special guest, uh, welcome to Chambers Racing uh, uh, MX1 rider, Dan Thornhill. How are you doing, Dan? All right? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good stuff. <laughs> we got the uh, issue sorted with the signal, so yeah, we'll hope that this uh, goes through. The old editing button might be busy tomorrow, but yeah, we'll sort that out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just got to thank our sponsors. Obviously, we are fueled by Gold Face Fuels, so uh, it's good to have them on board with us. Um, and also, this podcast is brought to you by AS3 Performance, the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts from hard-wearing protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces, to performance cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits. AS3 also have a huge range of brake, clutch and gear levers, all with the different features and adjustability. Check them out online at www.as3performance.co.uk. We are also supported by Kawasaki Motors UK as they are pleased to announce the arrival of the new KLX140R range. The easy-to-ride KLX140R machines uh, come with a 144cc four-stroke engine, plush suspension and push-button electric start, making for great trailblazers. Uh, they come in three different sizes, ranging from Janu- uh, Junior's first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding. The highly regarded KLX140R range is ready and willing to add fun and enjoyment in 2023. Contact your local off-road dealership for more information. And of course, we are supported by Evenstrokes.com, the sort of shop wing of MX Vice, if you like. So all the um, proceeds from uh, Evenstrokes go towards helping MX Vice in some capacity. So uh, you can um, get the code, which I'll have to read out for the absent man himself. So yeah, Brad Wheeler 10. If you go into Evenstrokes.com, you'll get 10% off. And there is a, a warehouse move happening this week. So yeah, we're happy to uh, do some deals for you on some kit all right then so yeah that's uh thanks to all the other people involved so thank you to them and uh, yeah thanks to, to yourself dan for um joining us have you uh, been out riding today or have you been out at all since uh, the oak hanger double weekender yeah obviously we spent plenty of hours on monday cleaning up again for the second week <laughs> running um the joys of wet races eh um but yeah no so got all sorted up um and went riding today went to uh doncaster motor park actually um shared a lift with Josh Gilbert today so we um we had to travel up there together and rode together so that was quite good oh sweet fair play nice one good stuff you, you um, guys seem to sort of club together quite a lot because I know that Jay Haig is, is going down to see Comrade Muse today as well so it's kind of like uh, you, you guys just what do you train off each other or do you sort of keep yourself separate or what's, uh, just share tips or just go yeah with... well I mean uh, obviously normally I ride with the RMJ Academy um, unfortunately I was with with the workload on I was unable to um to make yesterday's training session the other day um at Doncaster actually on Tuesday okay yeah um yeah I was looking for somewhere to ride and um and yeah you know we we all got on quite well really to be fair and I've done quite a few years of riding with Josh um we're both looking for somewhere to go and sometimes quite nice to do something different so yeah we we bummed in together and we yeah we sort of just splits the cost makes things more easier on each other's driving and 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 yeah we obviously go and chase each other around I suppose (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, I'd chase him more so this time <laughs> yeah he's, uh, he's had a decent start to the year on that Honda hasn't he so uh, he's shown some good pace yeah yeah for sure well, I mean he, he's good isn't he he's been good for the last few years so it's good yeah, absolutely. So um, just to uh, educate um, those, uh, including myself, really, I mean, I've uh, not been too long on the British Championship scene and stuff, obviously known uh, that you've been up there. But uh, yeah, whereabouts, whereabouts are you, would you say, with your career now? You've been uh, MX1 for quite a few years and, and just moving team for the first time in a few years. Is that right? Yeah. So I've been quite um, consistent for the last, I think, eight years. Um, I was with my previous team. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite nice, actually. 
you know, I've had a good relationship with those guys, and and you know, of course, everyone knows we we had a good bond, and um, and you know, they looked after me well. But yeah, things come to an end, and actually, it's quite nice for you know the sort of new brush hoops clean. It's the new lease of life for everybody, for them and myself, obviously. Um, yeah. And yeah, I I've slotted right in with with the new Chambers Racing outfit. Um, I've always been a quite a family orientated. We've always had a family orientated motocross career, um, and these guys are no different, really. It's like a big family, so it works well for me. Yeah, you say about family because. Your, um, is it your brother Brad? Is he is he older or younger than you? I'm not sure, but uh, uh, he's younger. Okay, because yeah, he's uh, he's riding experts and everything, isn't he? Yeah, he races amateurs at MX Nationals. Cool. Um, and yeah, on a British weekend, he he comes and spanners for me, so it's quite awesome. a, it's quite a, yeah. We all sort of help each other out a little bit. Good stuff, nice off. And uh, yeah, your results for the last couple of weekends. I mean, uh, I don't know if you want me to read them out. <laughs> yeah. I saw you briefly at the end of the British Championship weekend, and you were like, not such a great day, and that was. 12th and 16th um but then uh yeah with the nationals uh, again a 12th but then the, the last race a decent sort of uh seventh so started to turn things around a bit is that kind of getting used to the bike or is that just starts on the general melee of it all yeah i mean a bit of everything to be honest the bike not it's definitely not the bike um i juggled with the bike straight away at one once i got on with it um like i said the team outfit is excellent i fit in well there as well um a lot of it's more for myself to be honest uh i'm in a good place on and off the bike but i just yeah the first british was was difficult um i had a bit of bad luck uh i had a few crashes um like for example the second race i had a really good start i think it was in the top five or six then it got red flagged unfortunately uh went back to rerun that and then my whole shot device got stuck on so i had to stop and get that off then i had another malfunction and i had to stop again and it was just it was like that day everything was just coming wrong and i mean i did the best i could on that day but at the end of the day on on paper there the results weren't there so i was a little bit frustrated um and then yeah as you say last week sunday just gone was was better um i had a bit of a poor start in the first race crashed a few times but kept digging in and then finally had a decent start, got a clean first couple of laps in and, and rode how I've been riding, to be honest, and sort of put myself where I feel like I should be week in, week out, really. Yeah, good stuff. Did you notice much of a change in the circuit between the, the, the two meetings or was it pretty much just the conditions, really? Yeah, I mean, the circuit was pretty much the same, but it was also a different track with, like would you say, with the weather. Um, <sighs> I feel sorry for the guys, to be honest. Everybody's worked so hard to sort of, you know, improve British motocross, a new facility for everybody. And I mean, they've just got snowed under with the weather, didn't they, really? And and, and I mean, I'm, I'm pretty impressed that, that both rounds of each championship actually ran, went ahead. And, and to be honest, the racing was excellent. Yeah, just, it was yeah, just it was. a little bit hard on kit and, and, and hard on the riders, but hey, that's what everyone works for. So, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to run a, a if, if you're running in the UK in the, at this time of the year, the start of the year, there's always the issue with the weather's going to be a possibility. So, I, you've got to start on a soundtrack, really, haven't you? You've got to be at that sort of place. Yeah, for sure. Like, they did it all right, didn't they? You know, they, yeah. they chose a sand venue, it was a new venue, the ground was great. But yeah, you couldn't believe it, can you? Like the winter's been probably the driest winter we've ever had, and then we want to kickstart the season, and it's like middle of the winter, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh, I mean they had, they had the snow the week before they were due to start, um, and that really became a problem because it that melted, and then they added torrential rain on top of that, so it just got virtually impossible not just to build the track, but also to actually just yeah make sure that the pits were okay. Um, yeah. And of course, the Michigan, the Michigan Nationals have got a bigger. Paddock, haven't they? There's more riders there to deal with. 
Yeah, they, they've got loads of issues, really, haven't they? To, not issues, but they've got loads of obstacles to overcome. Um, but I think, I, I don't know the logistics behind the scenes, but it was nice for the MX Nationals, I, I believe, put the effort in to make the track, allow the British to kickstart the season there as well, even when yeah. they had to cancel their first week. Um, and then I did feel sorry for them because we went back again and everyone was a bit negative from the weather and it's not really their fault, is it? So. No, not a lot they could do. I mean, I think the Saturday was much drier for the... Uh... I mean, your, your brother rode then. Did he say it was much different for them? Yeah, to be honest, like, obviously I went to watch him and support him and the track looked excellent on Saturday. It was like, come the end of the day, it, it really dried out and the guys had been working on the track during the racing all day, a bit like they did at the British. Yeah. And I, be, I believe if we had no rain overnight, Sunday's track would have been pretty good, you know? But yeah. obviously that didn't happen and it rained. And <laughs> I must admit, I was in bed on Saturday night and I thought, there's no way that's going to be running tomorrow. And it did. And, and to be honest, although it was hard, uh, you know, on the equipment and stuff, like it, the racing was good and the track, you know, it did ride. And I don't think they would have ridden at another venue with that sort of weather. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, this is it. I mean, and obviously they're not running now this weekend. Obviously, you've, you've heard that announcement about Canada Heights, I take it. Yeah, yeah, we got all the way to Doncaster and then <laughs> and then obviously they said so maybe we could have stayed a bit local but yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, I, again, I don't know the circumstances so I can't comment but it is a shame at the minute because everyone's chomping at the bit to get the ball rolling and, you know, I just feel sorry for, for, for the teams and the budgets and stuff because obviously it's quite hard on the kit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it is um, it is one of those we're all chomping at the bit, not just the riders. I think I, I'm just dying to get a decent day's commentating in and, uh, you know, get things sort of rolling from that side it's uh, it's pretty frustrating we were due in with Roger Warren who was supposed to be in the, the commentary box with us this weekend um, and um, and uh, yeah we're uh, trying try out a new guy as well Lee Ashby who's been doing some oh, yeah. I'm not sure if you've seen Lee's stuff but uh, he's uh, he's probably the most famous commentator on the uh, on the planet right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's good, isn't it? It's nice to um, nice to bring new people in and, and spice it up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, we'll see see how that works out, and then we've got uh, Ling to come. So um, yeah, I mean, um, one thing I needed to uh, sort of I think redress a little bit about the uh, about the whole Okanger affair, if you like, was that uh, yeah the live stream obviously didn't work for the Revo Championship. Um, that was because there was broadcasting issues with the camera, uh, the cameras, and they were just struggling with the radar signal and what have you. Um, and I think this is where it just didn't really pay off because they had to run the Revo first just the one day and no chance to really test it whereas with the Michelin Nationals they had the Saturday to check it out and then they ran on the Sunday and the live stream worked pretty well so uh, well yeah it did work and they just had to swipe the cameras but um, yeah apparently they bought about 200 metres of cable uh, to run from the cameras to the broadcasting thing Um, and you know like some of them said to me if they'd have had that test day when the Michelin Nationals were supposed to run then both the Michelin National stream and then the Revo stream would have worked perfect so yeah that's uh, all the fun of the fair <laughs> yeah I can imagine it's difficult isn't it like there's so much going on to run an event and I mean I probably wouldn't want to do it <laughs> yeah. we turn up and we ride and obviously that's what we're there for but there's a lot of people that moan and groan don't there and you know I don't I'm not sure if you put you know they put themselves in their shoes whether it would be whether they'd be moaning there yeah well that's it yeah it's uh, it, it, it is very tricky but but um, yeah, uh, we've got um, obviously had uh, uh, Bradley dinging in a bit to RHL as well last week, so we've got to uh, apologise a bit. Yeah. For that, just a bit. You're, you're, you're smoothing <laughs> all over, are you? <laughs> <laughs> they have apparently bought new checker flags, so we're, uh, we're all good from that side of it. And then tagged both MX Vice and Brad Wheeler in. So uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> he's an RHL, I've got to say, you know, this is uh, this is just uh, sometimes how the podcasting goes, but there we go. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, in terms of yourself then, Dan, what's, uh, what's your season looking like? Really, what's, uh, what's um, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's the same for, for most of us in the domestic series. We're doing... Um, but our main focus is the British and the MX Nationals. Um, I also enjoy to support the uh, the Bridgestone Championship. Those guys put a lot of effort in as well, and they always got good tracks. So I'm going to do that. Um, and and yeah, potentially we'll see how see how the schedule's going, and mainly how how my riding is, how my speeds at. Um, I'd love to do the EMX Open at Lommel. That's quite a, the EMX. The EMX Open is quite a good um, a good race for, for I would say for my level of rider. So yeah, it'd be nice to do that. And then I mean, if if things are good, then we'll see what else is going on. But that's my main focus. Good stuff. Okay, so yeah, that'd be good to see a, a few riders are talking about that EMX Open at Lommel. I mean, have they been there before, either to, to watch or ride? Yeah, I've done a bit of riding there. Um, a lot a lot of people obviously go there. It's quite a quite a prestigious venue to go to. Um, and and yeah, in the past, I've done a few of the EMX Open races. I did the one at Matterley last year. Cool, yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but I think over the lockdown year, um, they did a, a three round in one week in Trentino in Italy. I did last yes. year. So um, they, they were really good. So um, yeah, it'd be nice to go and do that one. What was that experience like, Trentino? Like yeah, Trentino is it's hell of a place to be honest. If you can ever go, I'm not sure if you've been. No, I haven't. No. no. Yeah, I mean, if you can ever go, it's it's pretty um, pretty spectacular. Like, you know, Lake Garda is a special place as well, but the track and the venue where it's placed, yeah. there's a big mountain behind it, and yeah, it's just it's just a cool place to be at all round, really. Nice one, good stuff. So you 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 have raced at Normal as well as just sort of training then, yeah. Uh, I've never done a big race at Lommel, but yeah, I've done a I've done a small race at Lommel and, and lots of training sessions there. Good stuff, no race. And are you do you fancy the sand more yourself, or are you more of a, a hard pack? What what would you say your preference is? Um, obviously, being from the southwest, I've grown up on uh, grown up on hard packs. So I'm a bit of a hard pack man, I believe. But um, yeah, we also, as a family, enjoy doing beach races. So we we do a bit of it all, really. I I don't really have a have a favourite. Yeah, I just enjoy racing everything. I just enjoy racing a bike, to be honest. Yeah, nice one. I mean, you see, had a good day at uh, Western last year. You got in the top five, was it? I believe. Yeah, fourth, I think. Yeah, fourth. It was fourth. Just missed the podium. Um, yeah, I was fourth at Western. I won Skegness. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool. Good stuff. Do you ever um, uh, fancy doing a um, um, what's his name? Oh my god, I forgot his name. What's uh, his name? Beat Tracer. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I couldn't shake Tara McKenzie on my head. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so I just think so. So uh, yeah, so do you ever fancy doing a bit of that where he's gone off and sort of had his own little amazing little career to the side there yeah no he's, he's done an excellent job hasn't he of the beat traces to be fair to him um i actually went to the 2k this year because uh brad my brother he raced the 2k okay cool. um, he he loves he loves beat traces he enjoys that i think he probably enjoys that more than racing motocross to be honest um but he always helps me so um a few of us went over to support him and obviously i was there to see todd win win the 2k and yeah it's a big old race and and he you know he's he's got that stuff dialed now yeah, so what was that experience like then, the whole of 2K thing, as well as the racing? I mean, what what's the whole sort of... Because yeah, there's just I mean, so many people there. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been for a couple of years, but I actually, uh, I can't remember what year now, but I've raced it a couple of times myself. Um, but to, when, you, when you're racing, you sort of don't see the atmosphere. But when you're there as a spectator, you sort of take everything else in as well. And 
yeah, it's quite surreal to be fair. There was, I don't, I don't know the figures, but there was, there was hundreds of thousands of people there to watch that race. Um, and you know, like when you go there, it's hard to explain, but the, the town's pretty much shut down and there's, there's people camping on the roads, on the streets, everywhere, like for miles on end, walking in from out of town to watch. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, road bikes there and they always revving the bikes up and it's just a real cool atmosphere. Um, and, and obviously the beach race is, is prestigious for being as the hardest one in the world. So, so much going on there. It's quite, it's quite cool to, to be there and witness it. Awesome. And then, um, yeah, so you've got, uh, obviously quite a mixed, uh, week ahead, uh, year ahead. You've got, uh, now obviously we're not quite sure when Canada Heights is going to get rescheduled. We, we assume it is because they just said postponed, uh, and not canceled. Um, but yeah, what are you, any sort of key tracks you're looking forward to? You've got Ling, Fox Hill and Blacksall would be the next ones along. Any sort of particular special ones there? You had, had a good result at Mandrake. I think it was your best result on the British last year, but did you get hurt last year? Um, yeah, I did. I, I, broke my shoulder blade just before the first British at Column. Ah. Uh, I tried to, I wrote, I broke it on the Wednesday. I didn't realize it was broken and I tried to ride and, and yeah, it just didn't work. So I missed the first couple of races. I think I came back after Fox Hills for the British. Right. Okay. Yeah. No but, um, but yeah, I mean, I always go, I always go quite, Fox Hills is like my local race. Um, it's, it's one of those tracks, isn't it? Sometimes you love or hate it, but I always seem to go quite well there. It's quite nice because a lot of local people come to watch. Um, yeah. And yeah, all the tracks, to be honest, like Blacksall. I enjoy traveling to Blacksall. The club run a, a magnificent event there and the track's pretty good as well. So uh, yeah, I enjoy going to that one. So the next few races coming up, you know, are exciting. And as I said, I, I just love riding a bike. So, I mean, I enjoy going everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Blacksall, the first, Blacksall was one of the first ones. Actually, it was my first commentary uh, job on the British Championship and my, the first time I turned up there, 2021. 20, and it was, it, it just amazed me that it was like, it was the ultimate fantasy and that it was like a golf course that you could race on. You know what I mean? It was just like this mode section where they just like looked after it like it was absolutely pristine and just happened to stick a bike track in, amongst it. So yeah, that's that's a pretty special one. Did you like the fact that they ran it around a different way last year? Yeah, it's nice. It was nice that they mixed it up. Um, as, like you said, as you go there, it's always pristine, isn't it? The guys put so much effort into making the facility you know, a spectacle, but um, the track's always in really good condition. And yeah, I think we've, re- I think I've rode it maybe three or four years the same way. So when we went there to go backwards, it was, it was nice. Just, uh, um, so yeah, just to go through things uh, from the weekend, as we just uh, tend to review um, the, the big races in, in the UK from the weekend, uh, you obviously had the MX2s were obviously mixed in with you guys. I mean, just as a side note, before we go into the results on that side there, Dan, I mean, do you, I, I always personally, as a taller guy on a 450, hated riding around 250s and especially 125s and two strokes. What, what are you like with them? Do you not really get monkeys or just trying to beat them anyway? Or what, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, the, 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 the whole 250, 450 thing, you know, you could argue all day with it, can't you? I mean, the, the 450 is obviously a more powerful bike, should be better at the start. Um, and and obviously, the first couple of laps, when everyone's fresh, they say it's an advantage. But, you know, to ride a 450 for 30 minutes is a tough old job, um, which obviously sometimes you see the 250s come strong at the end. Yeah. Um, the, the, the bit that I dislike the most about the 254 scenario is, is the qualifying. Um, for okay. example, I qualified 11th uh, at the weekend, which, which wasn't that bad, but I ended up going to the gate 22nd. 
<laughs> of course, yeah. Because obviously they split the 254 feet. I understand why they do it, but yeah. sometimes, you know, you've got guys on 250s that are good, you know? Yeah, and, for sure. And then you, you're already at a disadvantage. But the weekend was difficult, actually, because where it was so wet, there was only a selected few areas on the gate that were were good, you know what I mean? And a, a lot of it was quite wet. So, um, yeah, I found, felt quite lucky in the second race. I found a pretty good pretty good grid, which was quite hard after. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, got a good start. And, obviously, a good start brings a good result. Absolutely. And uh, the qualifying stays for the whole day, doesn't it? It doesn't change after the first race then. Yeah, no. Once, yeah, you qualifying's the gate pick for both races. So, yeah, qualifying's not always my forte. To be fair, I'm always a bit. I always seem to be a better racer than a qualifier. But obviously, um, with the 254 scenario, if I haven't had a good qualifying. Then I'm always playing catch up. Yeah, that's. Uh, I can imagine that because they they actually do mix that when they have the mixed classes. Like for the youth, two fifty and one two five, they actually went at the weekend just gone anyway. They went by the they went by time. So even the fastest one two five was fifth fastest. He went to the gate fifth. Right. So, uh, yeah. You think that'd be a, be- a better scenario for you guys then, really? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it depends. It depends where you qualify, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> for for your two fifty guy, you know, again, you could be. I don't know. You could qualify twenty something and end up going to the line tenth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for the two fifty guy, they'd probably argue the other way. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I like to say it's as broad as it is, long, isn't it? And it is what it is. And yeah. got to qualify better. We'll need a gate pick. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Heyman had a few chins wagging by qualifying fastest MX two. Um, he's obviously got uh, potential there. Dan, I mean, what's um, what's your uh, idea? Have you seen much of him ride? I mean, are you thinking he might go, you know, quite some way? Yeah, uh, a lot. There's a lot of talented kids coming through now, isn't there? Um, yes. But yeah, you know, he's he's super talented on a bike. Um, I don't really know him that well, um, but yeah, I mean, he seems like he's got a lot of the boxes ticked, and it's nice to see youngsters coming through in British motocross, and hopefully, um, you know, they can keep finding open doors and keep pursuing through I spent quite a lot of time um, talking about Charlie obviously one of his main competitors over the last year or two with Joe Brooks yeah um, I spent quite a lot of time with him uh, I've got a good relationship with him and his family and, and we train together quite a lot and stuff so yeah obviously he's he's spent quite a lot of time racing with Charlie as well and you know they both pushed each other on to quite a good pace last year um, yeah, I think he qualified second at the weekend in MX2 sure he did yeah, yeah. so it's, that's quite cool for, for the British motocross isn't it two youngsters straight out of the youth into MX2 one and two in qualifying so you know they must be doing something right and um, yeah like I said I hope Hopefully the youngsters can keep pushing each other along and, and you know, we get a few more Brits in the GPs. Yeah, well, that, that's the, the main thing I think we all want to see, isn't it, really? So, I mean, you had Bailey Johnston, who's, um, yeah, I mean, that's a 2021-125 youth champion, obviously had a, a rough year last year, um, but he said he jumped onto a, a two-stroke again, gone, gone to a 252-stroke and, and has just clicked with it straight away. And, and um, I mean, he, he sort of got a decent start. In amongst the 450s, I think he was not far ahead of you, wasn't he, at, the, at that first first start? Um, and then uh, he sort of stayed there. But then, like, the second race, he came from quite a way back and, and took the, the win on the, the last lap. I mean, I'm not sure how, how – I can't remember quite where he was in relation to you because everybody kind of looked the same probably through most of the race. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, did you have him buzzing around you or was that uh, – I think maybe in the second race I, I was on a little bit. But, yeah, I, I didn't realise actually that he overtook – the lead for on the last lap that's pretty cool yeah it's um just uh yeah just 
I saw it. Was, I was in the woods, and I thought I, I thought it was behind. He's behind Callum Mitchell, and then yeah, just literally got it on the on the last lap. So ah, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty decent there, and uh, obviously on the Verdi Sports team. So yeah, he's done uh, done pretty well for them then. It's uh, again another young rider there. Um, do you think the two fifty two stroke should be in amongst the two fifty four stroke class? Is that something you you got a view uh, on? I don't know. I listened to one of your podcasts uh, the other day, and I, I heard the two fifty two stroke scenario. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like again, it's the rules, the rule, and if it's that competitive, then everyone can ride them, can't they? Yeah, true. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So you you know, as an MX two guy, you've got the opportunity. So if it's if it's definitely an advantage or, or disadvantage, then you can ride whatever you believe is is the one. But I, I I do quite like the look of those the new two strokes. They look pretty good, and obviously, I think maybe they probably got a little pre, a year of teething problems because obviously it's quite a special bike now, isn't it? But um, I, I believe they'll be a good bike in well, they already are a good bike, but they'll be a good bike in the next couple of years when they all get ironed out. Yeah, because it's fuel injected and it's start button as well, isn't it? So that's yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's quite a lot to, to bring out on the two stroke, isn't it? Like times have yeah. come on so much. Absolutely. But uh, I, I got to be honest, I, I'm 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 not one of those that harks back. I don't know if, if you are or if you know lots of people that go, oh, the four fifties are rubbish. We want the two two strokes back. Uh, Whereabouts so did you sit on the fence with that? I mean, obviously you got the four fifty there. I mean, I was always a big four stroke fan. I mean being six foot five going on to a 450 it was just yeah big bike brilliant you know but um not a lot of people really tend to agree which is a bit of a shame really for the sport but where do you uh, sit on it's difficult isn't it like when i when i grew up um when i was in mxy2 i had a 250f uh in the winter i'd always ride a 252 stroke right just because for us budget and the two strokes are cheap you can rebuild them at the track can't you if you have to and <laughs> yeah. um and yeah like it was just cheaper to run through the winter and and they took a lot more stick uh i, I mean i would probably still ride a two stroke to be honest that if i was the right size but i just feel like i went on to a 450 at quite a young age one for budget and obviously expense um yeah. but but two just because i became quite a big guy and i feel like i need to be on a 450 really to compete yeah yeah so for me i i like the two stroke i like uh, i like the four stroke as well really so i mean yeah i just ride whatever is is most competitive for me good stuff and obviously you said about fox hill being your local um your local facility your, your local track are you fancied a bit of this the mxdn sort of open class they've got this year yeah it looks quite cool to be fair i'd love to get involved in that it's just again obviously need to get a bike and it's a lot of time and i'm sure you're aware but to to run a season and in british and, and all the championships we're doing it, it's quite hectic yeah and it takes up a lot of time and money so i mean i'm not really in a situation at the minute to to have the spare time to to build a bike or whatever so maybe maybe in the future we'll um we'll get and enjoy that but it looks like hell of an event so it'd be nice to get involved at some point yeah absolutely so you won't be watching you'll be racing elsewhere do you think or Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing next week. week. <laughs> Good stuff. It wasn't you. One of the guys I uh, messaged about the uh, about the uh, podcast was like, "I'm terrible at planning." So I'm like, uh, "I don't think that was you. I think it was someone else." But uh, yeah, so I got. Yeah, no, I try. I try to plan. I I juggle a bit of everything at the minute. We we sort of you know I do my own bikes. Uh, I go to work, I train, I ride. I try and balance it all. So. Yeah, there's, tough. there's quite a lot going on. You've got to be a bit organised, but I've had to I've had to learn over the last couple of years that organisation is key. <laughs> Otherwise, you end up in a big heap on the floor. <laughs> so I you just do. Got, I just got the eyes then from 
from uh, Nadine. So I think maybe she thinks she's the organizer in the household. No, that's probably that's the, <laughs> that's the case. In our house. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think I'm in charge, but maybe she is. Yeah, that's, the, that's just the way, man. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, just to finish off then with the MX2 class from the weekend, I mean, obviously, yeah, Bailey Johnston took the win. Uh, he's listed as Bailey Johnson, but I did, I did check his uh, shirt just for a commentator's reference. Johnston is his surname. There's a T in it. Uh, and then, yeah, Callum Mitchell, a decent 2-2 uh, day. And Jake Millwood and Jamie Wainwright came through to fourth. Um, so that was pretty decent, too. Uh, podiums on the bounce for Jake Millwood. And, uh, yeah, your teammate Ben Franklin had a decent day in fifth overall. So it's good to see Ben back, isn't it, after all his injury issues? Yeah, he's been through the mill, hasn't he? Um, I I, uh, I think his first one when he did his did his spleen in the pre-season, I was there. I actually right. took, visited him hospital on the week he was there because obviously he was out on his own. So, yeah, I've seen quite a lot of the a lot of the, the crap he's been through. And, um, yeah, again, we do quite a lot of riding together and stuff. We're quite good friends. So, sort of bounce off each other and help each other out. So, yeah, it's nice to see him back at the sharp end and uh, back where he deserves to be. Good stuff. Do the Chambers guys practice a lot together? Do you, do you guys go out as a team as much or not really? Um, I mean, I'm obviously new to the team, so I'm fitting in with everybody and learning the way. But everyone's so helpful and, and friendly. So, I mean, yeah, we, we do get out. We did a little trip to um, to Ireland just before Hawkstone. Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, we went out to McGilligan. That was a real good facility. Uh, Tim Chambers organised it all. And, uh, yeah, we all went out as a bit of a bit of a team bonding. So, that was good. We we did some motors together and some sprints and some sprints and stuff. So it was nice to push each other on and and yeah, there was there was no hassle. Everyone just wanted each other to be as best they could be. So it's quite a good atmosphere to be around. Nice one, good stuff. I mean, um, obviously we saw from the uh, the last round at Landrake that you don't mind being a team player as you lined up next to Tommy in that uh, last race. There, we, we we checked with Lee Weber. He said it was his idea to get <laughs> to just surround Tommy at the end. Do you remember what that was like? What did that sort of feel like when you were lining up next to him with the the championship on the edge there? Yeah, I mean, like it's just a bit of fun, <laughs> isn't it? Like, I mean, Lee puts a lot of time and effort into win a British championship, and obviously I've witnessed the the effort that he goes to. Um, but like, yeah, do you know what I mean? They're good. Like, there was no, there was no harm behind that. It was just, no. to be honest, if Tommy's such a good guy, and he, you know, if if we went on the gate and we ruffled him a little bit, and he he missed the gate, then obviously it was an advantage to Harry. But like, I mean, I lined up next to the guy that is the, one of the best starters in the British Championship. So yeah, I mean, I don't think he looked at me and worried too much. Do you know what I mean? But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Lee Lee wanted to do it. It looked pretty cool on photos, didn't it? And, it did look cool on the video, yeah. And at the end of the day, you never know, something could have happened. Yeah. I mean, you might one of us might have got a good start and, and, and whatever, but yeah, there was no harm there, was there? It probably would have happened the other way around if the boot was on the other foot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if uh, Comrade and Josh bosh it, uh, box anyone in this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, them two are probably going to be going at, at the title for themselves, aren't they? So yeah. that would be quite interesting. Yeah, so I mean, moving on to the MX1 side, I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Harry going one one the 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 Revo Championship round and then Conrad returning the favour this weekend, um, mainly down to improved starts more than anything else. Um, who do you think is the favourite for that? Do you think um, Conrad's kind of going to start having it his own way? Do you think Tommy's going to come back, or um, or do you think Harry's going to sort of hold on to this uh, red plate now? Well, do you know what? I, I think that's a trick question. Um, you know you're talking about those guys but it's only the first round you know and there's the British Championship this year like I was explaining to somebody the other day it's stacked it's probably one of the strongest MX1 championships we've had in in many years 
you know there's a lot of experience in there and there's also a lot of youngsters coming through with a lot to give and and yeah it's just deep isn't it do you know what i mean like you can you could one of those guys could gate down the field and it'll, they'll struggle to to come through to where they want to be on you know on a normal track I mean Okanga was a bit exceptional wasn't it it was quite heavy going but it's yeah. not over is it you know for any of them and and I feel like there's probably people that are going to throw throw some spanner in the works and you know you, you never know what's going to happen do you so I wouldn't like to I wouldn't like to put any names forward to be honest <laughs> of course not. well you want to be the middle don't you I mean this is uh, I'm not ever going to ask someone to predict their own class this year that's just not going to happen because uh, you know want to be in amongst it themselves no, so. obviously i'm a realistic person um yeah you know those boys are that there's there's those front five guys that you know are on, are on a on that next level but i mean i sit on that start line every race and i want to be at the front so yeah. if i can get in amongst that or get towed on by them or put myself in the right position then you know i don't, I don't care who's winning no, absolutely. No, fair play. And obviously, yeah, you got, like you said, the, uh, not just the guys that have been there for a while, but then you got the top four from MX2 have come up with, yeah, Conrad, Jamie, Tom, and, um, yeah, I've forgotten another name. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, and, um, oh, who is it? God damn, this is doing my noting tonight. Anyway, there you go. But, uh, yeah, so you got a good, good bunch of people coming in. So are you dealing with them? Are you battling with those these last couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've been a bit off where I feel like I should have been the last couple of weeks. The the, the second race um, at the MX Nationals was a little bit more where where I should be. Um, but yeah, like you know, those guys are good, aren't they? They're, they're not at the front of MX2 because they're because they're slouches. So they've they've stepped onto the 450 um, and done well. But I mean, to to ride a 450 week in week out at a good pace and keep it on two wheels is is another story. So there's yeah, it's a long season, isn't it? And and in previous years, I've I've sort of ruined it at the first round. And although I haven't had a good kickoff to the season, mm. everything's in the right place. So um, yeah, we'll we'll soon see it as as the weather changes and everything everything falls into place. Good stuff. So um, yeah, from that side, then do you see yourself much at? Um, is it just a one year thing you've got with Chambers, or is it two year? Have you signed up for a couple of years? How, how do you see it with them? Yeah, I mean, um, at the minute, I think it was a one-year sort of setup. See how things went. Um, you know, at, at Landrake, um, bit of, we had a bit of a joke, to be fair, because obviously I found out before Landrake that I didn't have a ride. Right. Um, and then I went out and had the best result of the year. So maybe I should have got sacked earlier. <laughs> um, but no, Tim, to be honest, I was without a ride. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as you know, being in the game, there's there's a lot of riders and not masses of of spaces anymore. Um, Tim's already got a big outfit, and he was kind enough to sort of step in. He he said he's seen, been watching me ride for a while, and, and and you know he took me on. He's already got a, a you know a number of riders in his squad. So I mean, I just want to. I'm not really too stressed on on next year at the minute. I just want to do the best I can now, really, and and see where we go. That's no, one. And um, was there? I mean, there was rumours around that uh, some of you were on Husqvarna, some of you were on Gas Gas. What's what's the story there? You, you've been on Gas Gas from the start, is that right? Yeah, there's not really a story to be honest. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tim Tim had, Tim runs an outfit. Um, he gets his bikes for a dealership, and and they're a Gas Gas or a Husky dealer. Um, I, I personally had the option, but I chose um, I chose the Gas Gas only reason because uh, the new models are a little bit smaller. Um, and I thought the gas gas would suit me. Also, um, with with every, with all the models changing, there's a lot of data for the bike. You know, 
uh, mapping and engine stuff, suspension, chassis setup. So I thought maybe switching, I would already have a lot of information and already have the ball rolling. So I've I've changed brands in the past and often it takes months to work out what a bike's doing. Right, okay. So I thought if, you know, if I could hop on a bike that people already know uh, about, for example, um, like, you know, we use technical solution for the suspension. He's got so many settings for the old model KTM, et cetera, which is, which is the same bike really. Um, so I just sort of jumped on the bike and he already gave me a reasonable base setting to start from. So I, I didn't start on a stock bike. I already had quite a good base level to work from and it's made the preseason so much easier. Oh, that's brilliant. Nice one. So, uh, so, so you, even after eight years on the Japanese bike, completely different thing, you, you fit into it pretty quickly then? Yeah, I mean, I was on... Uh, I was on Husqvarna's with with Lee. Um, I think that was maybe four or five years ago. Okay. Um, and as I say, I've been on Jack bikes since. So the the Austrian brands changed quite a lot since then, um, and and they are getting closer to the Japanese feel of a bike, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, to be honest, it does because of the height and the way it sits. I'm a big guy; it suits me. Um, and and yeah, I, I mean, I got on it and I I gel with it quite quickly. To be honest, the power, the delivery, and and the setup was 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 quite straightforward. So, yeah, as I said before, my I'm happy with where I'm at with the bike and everything. So, it's all just down to the pilot now. <laughs> well, he probably dodged a bullet then because the Yamaha's apparently got smaller in it. I mean, Carpenter was Jamie Carpenter was here a couple of weeks ago saying that uh, it's actually more like his 250 than <laughs> than, uh, than, than the, the the previous model. So, uh, he probably dodged a bullet then with a the smaller bike. Yeah, I mean, hey, the new Yamaha looks good, but yeah. all the bikes are good nowadays, aren't they? Yeah. You know, and um, and yeah, I the I just I just got on the I got on the gas gas and I uh, felt pretty at home with it straight away. I mean, I jumped on the bike, I only rode it a couple of weeks, and I went straight to Western, and I had the best result of my career at Western. So, I mean, yeah. it can't be that bad. Yeah, it was a good one. I mean, they they tried to sort of. Um... Uh, jack up the, the the difficulty of Western. Did you notice that at all, or um, some people then said it just sort of washed away more when the water came in? Was that about? Well, you, did you feel much of a difference or not really? Um, yeah, I mean, every year it's different, and and for sure the the obstacles were you know the the big dunes were good. Um, obviously, when you go through them pretty fresh early on, I don't we don't seem to the, the front guys don't seem to have much trouble until the riders pack in and it and it becomes mayhem. But for us, yeah, for me this year, I feel like the the obstacles they dug with the machine were they were quite tricky. Um, there was a whole straight of like rollers which either before or after were full of water so yeah. water is tricky when it comes to two wheels isn't it so um <laughs> it was quite tough this year but um it, it, it western's funny one you you learn it over the years it it goes through stages so the first lap or two when everything's fresh is quite tough yeah then you go for a spell of maybe an hour where actually the track's really easy to ride and then the water starts coming up because obviously you're going down and the tide's coming back in over the race and then it becomes totally the other way so or everything's broken down but now you've got big black ruts and a lot of water to deal with so (laughs) it's it's at that it's at that hour and a half mark where you see handlebars sticking out the ground and the rest of the bike's missing I see. I mean, I've I, I raced in the years when they mixed in the quads and the sidecars together, and it was the the most ragged setup like I've I've ever ridden in. I've still I've still have like flashback nightmares of um, I, I literally jumped over a quad, like yeah, and I, I there was no yellow flag, and I just literally I was jumping off by the veranda and 
you know, fortunately, I just cl- cleared his head as he was picking his bike up. You know, I've seen many photos in our household, actually. My dad used to race it way back in the day. So, yeah, cool. so yeah, he, he must have raced it at a similar time with you with, with the quads and sidecars. I believe he had to qualify. He had to do two, three hours. So I think you um, qualify on Saturday and then race on Sunday in the main race or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I did actually have a, a smart mother who um, read the rules and said that if you uh, uh, attracted some uh, charity sponsorship, you went straight through on the Sunday. Um, ah, so I the first year with a nice click T-shirt over the top of my uh, racing jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did the job so I was straight in on Sunday cheated and uh, I got, got after that I got top 100 all the way through so I was quite uh, I had uh, four years of getting straight through to Sunday because I'd already got a top 100 at least so that was ah, quite sure. good. Ah, I just never forget being chased around the corner by a sidecar like you know just that they hit the corner I, I passed him and then the, the chair hit I messed up the rut and the chair hit me on the back of the bike and I'm like <laughs> one of those crazy crazy races ever done but uh, I was lucky as well I didn't have a wet one Didn't uh, all the years I did it I never really had a, a really bad wet one yeah four years now, to be fair the last few years we've been quite lucky with the weather yeah um, I think Gareth's pretty clever now he, he sort of knows what what time of the month is, is the best doesn't he and he's, he's got a lot of experience at it but I mean yeah the 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 wet races are quite good because it also puts a spanner in the works with goggles, visibility, you know, a lot of other things come into play. So yeah, you know, you, with Western, you just never know what you're getting, no. <laughs> um, which is, which is what we quite enjoy. You know, you, you prepare so much for something, but you just, until that gate opens and you head down that first straight, you don't really know what you're coming into. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And it's earlier this year as well, isn't it? It's in, it's in September this year because of, uh, uh, I think it's actually coming in before the, the British Grand Prix as well. So it's, um, yeah, that'll be quite interesting actually, because normally you have a bit of time to get ready and, you know, prepare the bike and whatever. So this year, I think we'll be like going from the last race straight into Western the following week or whatever. So it is, yeah, I think it's yeah, literally yeah, one or two weeks between the, the last British and the, uh, the the Western. So that'll be uh, that'll yeah, be it'll be interesting. It'd be nice to be maybe we get a bit of sun. It'd be like a summer's day down there. Yeah, but I just want to, yeah, get the get the suntan lotion out. Yeah, <laughs> good stuff. So um, yeah, just to sort of look look ahead for yourself. I mean, um, yeah, obviously we did did say we were going to run through the the results there. So yeah, Conrad uh, took two wins and um, and Harry was uh, second twice. Josh, like I say, two thirds. Is he um, is he enjoying the Honda? You've obviously practiced him today. Is he is he enjoying that? And is he okay being in a team with somebody who seems to be a bit faster? <laughs> Yeah, I think he. I think he likes a Honda. He's been on Hondas in previous years, and he's always yeah. with them. I think. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm not one to talk on his behalf, but uh, I mean, I think he goes to the race to win as well. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't. That. Yeah. That comment. I don't know. So I think. I think they probably both go there to to beat each other. So. Yeah. It'll be quite interesting as the season unfolds. Oh, he did say on the podium at the British to me that he was. Um, uh, it was like this wasn't a great day and not my favourite sort of going and, and to get on the podium was, was still decent so uh, maybe he's thinking that's one of his bad days and then he can get only get better from there yeah well if that's a bad day for him then yeah maybe there's more to come but <laughs> he's obviously being down in Cornwall he's you know he's good at land rake isn't he that sort of ground so yeah I would have suggested he's um, he's more of a hard pack guy than the same guy so sure probably put himself in a good stead moving forward into the next rest of the season yeah, of course. And then, uh, yeah, Martin Barr had a good day, fourth of the fifth. So, yeah, Martin keeps going there. And uh, yeah, got a lot of experience, Martin, hasn't he? He's, he's so clever. 
Yeah, he is. And uh, obviously he did the arena cross this year, which is uh, quite a, a step away. Is that something that caught your eye with this um, new British Championship thing? I mean, what's what's your view on arena cross? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if I'm built for arena cross, but um, I did. I did um, I'm not sure if you remember, but they used to do uh, Future West. Yes. So, um, yeah, I did a few of them when I was growing up in the youth. You could race, uh, I think it was like youth lights, amateur lights and amateur open or something or something yeah. along those lines. So you, you'd go there and you could race three events. So I did it there for a couple of years then. But um, back then I was a bit, of a bit of a stiff, stiff guy on a bike. So it was a bit of a struggle. But it'd be nice to go and have a tinker at something different. I always enjoy trying something new but yeah maybe i'm probably built more for the out, outdoor sort of racing yeah so i'm not even going to bore you with my uh, horrendous tales of my brief supercross attempts they used to run a little one in the southwest and um i remember don't know why but i remember john deacon going past me and qualifying the, the enduro rider he even he rode it and uh <laughs> and even he was better than me so yeah it was just, like, <laughs> just awful but yeah, yeah I, I mean i think i think a lot of it like all the riders nowadays are good and the equipment's good isn't it i think it's preparation if you if you can take to it and you can put a few hours in on it then i'm, I'm sure you you know everybody at our level now can 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 ride a bike so i'm sure if you put your head to it you'd probably be all right good stuff but you're not fancying entering it <sighs> <Not really enough. laughs> <Never say never. laughs> right. i don't think my mum would allow me to be fair <laughs> fair play fair play can't argue, can't argue with that so i mean um yeah, what's your sort of main ambitions then, Dan? Is it just to sort of keep going in the, in the British Championship for now? I mean, keep going in the EMX? Is that sort of how you see the next few years? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm getting on a little bit regarding, like, European stuff. And, and how old are you now? 28 now. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm 28 now, so... Um, you know, it feels like yesterday that I was still in the youth, but I've had so many years on a big bike and and done different things. But yeah, my my main focus is British. Um, you know, we've we've sort of come from from nothing in a youngster and and worked our way up. And you know, every year I the last couple of years I thought, oh, maybe this is gonna be my last year. You know, it's difficult, isn't it? The the expense of it and the time and the effort. It, yeah. it takes a lot of people's time and effort. You know, my whole family dig in. So it's a lot of stress on everybody. Yeah. Um, but the sport's just addicting. Um, you know, you, you go through a bad spell and you think, oh, I've had enough of this. And then you have one good ride and you think, oh, <laughs> I can't, you know. And, um, and yeah, like I said, before the British, uh, Landrake, when I, when I sort of, I spoke to Lee and we were sort of parting ways, I thought, well, you know, maybe this is, maybe this is my time to sort of step back a little bit and, and race for fun and whatever. And, and then, yeah, I, I had a, I had a pretty decent ride like sick for the British is good you know from yeah. what I feel from where I've come from is is quite an achievement and uh, and then I thought well I'm not finished so every year I seem to go through that same mind process and, and I you know you speak to guys like uh, I remember speaking to Jamie Law at Hawkstone you know he, he sort of stepped away and he didn't do anything for a while but he said it made him sort of angry and, and you know agitated so he had to come back and race like I think when you're um, when you've chased something for so long it's hard to hard to step away so i mean as i said before i just take every week as it comes every month as it comes and uh yeah as long as i've got a smile on my face under the helmet and i can enjoy every time i ride the bike then for me that's the most important and i think if if the enjoyment's there then the results will come and if they come then you know we keep going 
yeah, so it was Jamie Law that was fourth in the MX2 last year, and he didn't step up. Of course, he stayed back. So there we go. And yeah, I knew there was a, there was a little bolt in my head that went missing, and that's it. You just put it back. So yeah, thanks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you're going to be like one of these Brad Anderson guys and uh, like uh, Mel Pocock and Jake Nichols. They just can't leave it alone. Like just going to keep coming back to it. Then. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm talking for everybody. You know, like nobody <laughs> yes. knows what they're going to do, do they? Nobody knows what's around the corner. But yeah, as I say, I just focus on now. Um, I love the sport. I love I love the graft there, but the hard work and uh, yeah, I just want to do the best I can in, in the moment and then just see where it takes us. Really, nice one, great stuff. All right, Adam, I think we're uh, getting close to the time, so yeah, I think that's uh, a decent one to call it from there. So it's a nice note to end on there. So we're going to keep on uh, keep on trucking on and uh, go from there. So uh, Brad did send his regards, say sorry you can't make it because uh, yeah, I think he's going to race you with the Bridgestones then, isn't he? You're going to take him on in that, yeah. Yeah, maybe. If he steps up to the pro class, we might have a race. <laughs> I think. I think the battle. I think the battle now is um, my brother, Brad, and my brother. Yeah, okay. Excellent. All right, we'll yeah. keep eyes on that one then. The battle of the Brads. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nice one, great stuff. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us on that one and everybody for tuning in. Uh, again, just to make sure uh, to uh, give a shout out to our sponsors, Kawasaki Motors UK. Uh, they got the KLS 140R lineup happening with the uh, for youth riders, three different sizes uh, with electric start plus suspension. Uh, please contact your local off road dealer to check out the KLX 140R range. Uh, we're fueled by Golf Race Fuels. Uh, so, yeah, across sports cars, bikes, motorcycle racing, further afield, golf brand is associated with winning whatever the discipline. And AS3 Performance, who stock a huge selection of aftermarket motocross parts available from the 1980s Evo two-stroke models to the current four-stroke bikes. Uh, and, of course, yeah, Even Strokes. Go to evenstrokes.com. Get 10% off with, what's the code, Dan? Brad, read a 10. I wasn't ready for that. You give me a script. Sorry, hospital ball. Sorry, no, never what, don't you, don't you get a free bottle or something? You get yeah, you get name a bottle of the camera, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't I think, think you do. You I, should have, I should have stepped in for him, shouldn't I? Yeah, so, yeah, we should have had him. Uh, should have had this sorted. No, we'll get we'll get it sorted next time. Great stuff. All right, I'm done. Thanks for joining us. And yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on the Great British Motocross Podcast. See you then. <laughs>